0: it's time it's time it's time that we get pumped up about the king of kings it's time there's plenty of things out there taking your, 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 your mind you're your distracted and it's time to get busy about the kingdom Amen. the kingdom of God we go to Yankee games I mean, listen I'm, I'm one I go to Yankee games oh God but anyway pray for them. I get pumped up while I'm there and we'll cheer them on. And you know, we go to different uh, venues and concerts. You can raise your hand. And, but what happened when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is living on the inside of you that you don't listen. I'm an audience of one all by myself in my car, in my mirror, in my kitchen, the, wherever I'm at. Because I know what he's done for me. And I know that he's given me the keys of the kingdom. And I know that I'm his child. And I know that I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I don't care where I'm at, Target, Walmart, wherever I'm at. It doesn't matter. Because the keys of the kingdom is life to you. And he's given you life, a new life. Let me tell you, new possibilities here to be your cheerleader today if no one's cheered you on this week i'm here to cheer you on if no one's pumped you up this week i'm here to pump you up because the kingdom of god is real it's at hand and it's here now in all of you if i had a mic i would drop it but i can't drop it. come on he said no avl is like no pastor that's very expensive i got you The more I study the kingdom, the more I get excited about this. The more that I've learned that emotions are a choice. Oh, let me speak to your hearts this day. If You start getting sleepy, slap yourself. You see them sleepy, slap them. Whatever you got to do. Wake people up today. Do you not know? Do you not know that there's a war going on? Do you not know? Do you not know? Do you not discern the times that are happening right now? Are we so asleep, the body? I'm talking about the church. I'm not even talking about them out there. They're they're sheep without a shepherd. They don't know the word. But here we come in week after week, coming in. And we're all speaking a language. We're all speaking something. When you go to work, you speak a language. Somebody said, oh, I'm speaking English. Okay, besides that language. Everywhere you go, you're speaking something. I'm here to pump you up and challenge you. What are you speaking? Are you lining up with the word of God? Are you lining up speaking the language of God? Or are you speaking just like the world? Emotions are a choice. I do not have to live by emotions, but what, by what the king declares. It's a choice. I can't force you. I would love to take each and every one of you and rip your head open and pour the word of God and close it shake it up and like yeah, go. <laughs> go in the world. You have to. You've been given the key that unlocks all that you need. And if you haven't unlocked it, it's not because God has not supplied it. It's because you have not understood it, nor you have cooperated with God. It's not that God has not supplied it. It's that you have not unlocked it, and you have not cooperated with the word of God. Who has a Bible? Give me a Bible. This Bible right here. If I take this word, and I just take it, put it against my ear. Can I hear anything? Nothing speaking right now, right? The word is still there, right? But what happens when we take the word and we open it and we start speaking it? What happens when you take the word of God and you start saying, for the farmers who labor should be first to partake of the crops. I'm a farmer who labors. I will be first. We had it right there, right? To start take of the crop. When I start speaking the word, and it says, we just sang a song about all God, all he spoke, all into existence. You know, do you not understand? Do you not get that he spoke you into existence? That you are his creation. That you are his masterpiece. That from your mother's womb, he intricately put you together. That he has a plan and a purpose for your life. That you're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You are not, let me tell you, you're not a product of this world. You are in the mind of Christ. You came out of and birthed out of the very heart of God. For this time, for this kingdom, for this season, the word, the word spoke and it was, and you are. So stop letting the lies of this world, the language of the kingdom, the language of the kingdom is what we're going to discuss today. Let's go to Romans 14, 17. I'm going to take you through a lot of scriptures. Can I encourage you with something? When I was a teenager, I used to go to church. My mom's here. She's a witness. I w- As a teenager, I would bring um, paper, and I would write down the scriptures. That's how I learned scripture. That's how I learned the word. If you come to church, I'm going to encourage you. Bring something to write these down. Now you've got, you have to have an iPhone or the other phone that we won't mention, right? And you could put down the notes in there. I'm an Apple person, right? And you put down the notes and take notes. How else are you going to be able to apply this? How else? So I'm going to encourage you. Romans 14, 17 says this. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wow. Joy. Joy. How many of you say, I need more joy? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thank you. Amen. We have the joy already. People are going around in churches. I think it's like Christianese or something. Oh, sister, I need more peace. Well, what happens to the peace you had that God Amen. gave you? You have it. The only thing is that you probably haven't unlocked it. You have right standing with God right now. Right now, this moment. Oh, but pastor, you don't know what I did. I don't need to know. I just need to know that. Are you a believer? Do you trust in the Lord? Have you given your heart to Jesus? Then you're right standing right now. He'll take care of all that other stuff. That's That's just a lack of knowledge of why you still keep doing the things that you don't want to do, but you do. Remember Paul? He talked about that. Lack of knowledge and understanding in that area. And you don't need anybody to come and tell you that you do this or that. Because we've deduced the word of God to a bunch of rules and regulations. Christianity is not about what you put into your life. Come on. Christianity is not about what we put into our life. So many people get bound in religion, rules, regulations, striving constantly to obtain God's approval. A sense of spiritual attainment and achievement. I'm so spiritual. Really? So am I. The same measure that you have, we all have. I, You know, I, I'm a pastor, that's my calling, that's my position, and it may be a different position, but I tell you all the time, everybody has been around me long enough, you know what I say, I don't care if you're grand poobah pastor that's been saved for 50 billion years, you still got stuff you're dealing with, you still need this word, we all are on the same, and we're all going towards something. Amen. 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 Your walk with the Lord must not be reduced to a set of rules and regulations or legalism. Do this or do that. That language has crippled people for so long. It has scared people out of churches. It has driven them away. Okay? Keeping them from the joy and freedom. This gospel is about the freedom that Jesus bought us. When you come to church, listen, I get it. Sometimes a word comes and it, it cuts. Like, ooh, Jesus, wow. But you know what he's doing? He's unlocking something. Amen. He's unlocking something. He's trying to show you something. He said, That's not for you, my love. That's not. See, I got something better. So he's unlocking something. So sometimes, you know, the Bible says it, it cuts. It, it cuts. It separates. But it shouldn't cut in a way that people leave the church and have a bad taste of God in their mouth. Amen. Remember when I met, first met Pastor Jose and, and I told him, I said, Well, you want to date me? You got to go to church. <laughs> he said, Oh, I don't go to church. And I said, Well, you can't date me. There so there you go. <laughs> and he said, I said, well, you got to go to church with me. And for a couple of weeks, he said, oh, it's raining. I said, well, you take showers, don't you? We could go to church. <laughs> He's like, well, and he fought it and he fought it. But here's why. As a little kid, he learned that God was a hammer and he was the nail. And that if he did this or he did that, that God was going to come against him. And that's what the church and what people do today. They deduce it down to what you do and forget that Jesus Christ put the price. Amen. That is not what we do. It's what he did. So it took some convincing, but he went to church and hence now we're married, right? And the story goes on. (laughs) But the true gospel is the freedom found in the Lord. The freedom. I'm here to talk to you about freedom today. So again, Christianity is not about what we put into our lives, but what God has already put into our lives. Any believers in the house? Oh, then you have a whole bunch in you. So we need to learn the kingdom language because I am one that I listen to many people. I am a, a very observant person and I listen. And when I listen, it's like kling, 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 clashing cymbals in my ears. So let me tell you a little bit about learning a language. Learning to speak a new language is more than just reading it or hearing it. So many people have deduced this down to just come into church. I'll hear it. Good word, pastor. Go out those doors. Never hear it again. till next Sunday. When children arrive in America from another country, they are, when, uh, and I'm sorry, and are enrolled in school, many come with no English language um, skills at all. While they are usually given ESL classes, which helps with grammar, reading, writing, research has shown that their speaking ability is best mastered by this total immersion. Mmm, let that sink in for a moment. That is, being in regular classes that are taught in English. That is why they are such fast learners. They have no other choice. Oh, I like that. Somebody got that. If you really want to learn a language, you must speak it, listen to it every single day. The biggest issues, they say, for adults in learning a language rapidly is often the time they invest in it. Are you investing time in learning about what you have? Are you investing time in learning the language of the kingdom? Are you totally immersed in this? Or are you immersing yourself in the garbage in television? Are you immersing yourself in just things of this world? Are you immersed? What are you immersing yourself in? Because that tells you what language you're speaking. Very simple. When I read that and I saw that, 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 that study, I said, wow, God, that's the answer. Are we immersed in your word? Do we even know what the word says about what we have? Okay? Do we even know? Do we understand that with Jesus Christ, it's not just about you going to heaven. Because, you know, we were talking about this the other day in Connect, the people that were in my Thursday Connect group. We had a great time. And we were talking about this, and we said, you know, most people deduce it down to when I get to heaven one day. Well, the kingdom of heaven is now. Yeah. Right now. And did he not say in John 10, 10, that he came to give you life and life abundant now. abundant? now. Now, we can enjoy this now. So, heaven doesn't start when you die. All it is, is you just change from this body, flesh, to a new body, right? But heaven is in you now. And you should be in a, having an abundant right now. So, let me tell you about the kingdom promise. Let's go to Romans 8. And if you don't really understand much about the word, I, I'm going to encourage you. Go, to, go read the whole book of Romans. Read the book of Romans. The kingdom promised to you and I. We're going to start at verse 1, Romans 8. This is going to set some people free today, I believe, it in the name of Jesus. This word, Father, has entrance into our heart. We're going to have understanding of your word today. So now there is no condemnation. If you, if you write in your Bible, because some people think it's sacrilegious to write in the Bible, <laughs> highlight it, write it down, I mean, do whatever you have to do. There's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, listen to what it says. The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to you're free. You're free. You're free. You're free. free. So then pastor net, if I'm free, why do I still keep going? Because there's some things that you have not opened yourself up to. There's still things we're going to learn about this right now. The flesh, you know what the flesh is? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. And they're still caught up in other things, people, places, things. It's time today. I'm telling you right now, the times that we're in, it's time to let go of people, places, and things. Amen. It's time. Amen. We have a work to do here in the kingdom. Yeah. So here it goes. You're free. Now, it takes us back to what happened with the law of Moses. The law of Moses was unable to save us. Those 10 commandments, they weren't able. And it's not only the 10, it's the 613 commandments. Go read them. People just get stuck on the first 10. No, no, go read the rest of them. If that was the case, we'll be in a bubble doing nothing. Okay? It says, it was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared in his body. For all you that were here um, when I did the the communion, and I was showing you communion, that is not just something we just do. This is his representation of his body, broken for you, bruised for you, pierced for you. This is not just something that we just, listen, we got to get out of this mentality that this is just some religious act that I do. Check, I went to church on Sunday. This is important. This is life or death for you. And in the body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law for the wages of sin is what? Death. So what did he do? He said, would be fully satisfied who no longer following our sinful nature, but instead following the spirit those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things but those who are controlled by the holy spirit think about the things that please the spirit come on ask yourself this what has been dominating my thoughts lately what has been dominating my thoughts there's no condemnation in this it's just course correction what has been dominating? If, if worldly things and things, other things the, outside the will of God and word of God are dominating, then there's a disconnect somewhere. That's all that means. That means just get back connected. Okay? Verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and what? Peace. Oh, my God, the peace that surpasses all understanding. <laughs> For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you, that say, that's, me. that's me. Oh, not everybody said it, so I'll say, oh, that's me. I'm not controlled by my sinful nature. I'm controlled by the spirit. And if you have the spirit of God, um, by the spirit, if you have the spirit of God living in you, and remember, those that who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. So what do we see here? That was a lot. A couple things we see here. We are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Done. Thank you. Deal with that right now. Whatever you have to think, I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Another thing, important thing that we saw here that's overlooked so much. I am filled with the spirit of God. You're filled right now. The spirit of God, the one that hovered over the waters when he spoke resides on the inside of you. Ah! Life, life and peace are in the inside of me. Oh, some of you haven't gotten this yet. And all that God has for us is already on the inside of us. I hear many people, oh, you know, I just need more joy. I'm like, what happened to the joy you got? I need more. No, you don't. You need to exercise and you need to manifest what you already have on the inside. For if the greater one lives in you, then how dare you say that you need more of what? You have already. What you need to do is get in line with the word, speak the word, and let that come forth. That's the language of the kingdom. There is no room for fear here. Uh-uh. Perfect because perfect love casts out all fear. Amen. I am not afraid. I'm not afraid to preach the gospel. I'm not afraid. Listen, sometimes I do it like uh, uh, you a know, little fear may come and you're like, Ooh, okay, but I do it afraid. <laughs> go and step out. That's right. That's but I yeah, trust him. Do you trust him at his word? This is all about the word today. I had a lady that I guess the same lady that went to pastor Jose. She said, "Man, I've never been to a church. I've never been." She said that. That only preached the word. I said, "Wow." Well, I said, "Where you been going? <laughs> Come stay over here. Come on, run. That's right, Henry, run." This is the great news, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. This is the great news. It's the, it's the word. Like, what else do you need? Woo! Come on, be honest. You're, you're out there searching, and and, and and, and, I don't know. I just can't. When you have it all, the freedom, we can look at life, listen, from a different set of lenses. You know, I go back, I, I'm preparing myself because I got the family. You know, Joshua's getting married on Saturday, right? So, woo, praise your Jesus. Yes. Yeah. It's so funny, but yesterday, um, they got their place. I'll just share with you guys. Actually, we share everything about our family. They got their place, and it's so cute. And uh, I got Joshua up that morning. I said, all right, let's go. Let's pack. We're ready to go. He's like, uh, I said, no, no, we don't got no time. We got to get, I got to get my office ready. So you got to go. He's like, wow, mom. I was like, let's go. Let's pack. Let's go. I had my car packed, ready. He had to do a connect group. I said, don't worry. I'll drive this stuff for you. He's <laughs> like, yeah. You know why? And some people ask me, How are you doing, Pastor? And I'm doing just great. But you know why? Because my confidence is in what I taught him. Amen. I have full confidence that I raised a man of God. Amen. I have full confidence that, yeah. And the other day, I told him, I said, Well, I'm buying this office stuff cause I'm trying to distract myself from you moving out and stuff like that. And he, I said, Are you going to miss me? He said, Sure. I said, Wow. What an answer is that? Like, Susan said, Yes, Mom. And I said, so I'm distracting myself, Josh. And then he started laughing. He goes, no, you're not, Mom. I said, I'm not. I said, because I trust the God in you. Amen. I trust the word in you. Amen. And, as, and as, a, as a mom, and the Bible says that, train them up in the way that they should go. And when they go, well, they'll Amen. never Amen. depart. Amen. He'll never depart. Amen. Listen, this kid has been literally raised under the pews, okay? His whole life in church. Word of God in him. So as, as I continue to, 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 to see his life unfold and see this, all I can see is God's word at hand. Yes. Yes. Amen. I see God's word. I see his life. This is why when my kids would tell me, oh, we have this or that. I was like, that's great. After service. Amen. Yes. After church. Yes. Oh, see, it got quiet up in this <laughs> non-denominational church. <laughs> Come on. So I'm ready for this wedding, and um, I know my family's coming, and you know how family is, right, when they come? They're all sitting around. So the last Friday, we're having a special gathering. Um, All of Joshua, Hannah and Joshua have chosen not to see each other the last day. They're so physical, right? So they're not going to see each other. So I was like, that's great. We're going to have a party at my house, right? (laughs) So we're um, invited the whole family. We're going to cook. And I'm getting ready for all the old stories. You know how family is, right? Remember when you, la, 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 right? And they say all those things. And I started thinking about that. And I said, you know, it's funny, but when we sit around the table like that, I can never identify anymore with old stories. And when they say those old stories, I laugh and I joke and I think, But, I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, it's not me anymore. <laughs> I can't, ad- you know what I'm saying? I, I can't identify with it and I'll laugh. And then some, half of the things I don't even remember. And I'm like, wow, God. Because I can now speak from my identity in Christ. I don't speak from that old mentality. I don't speak. I don't speak about the things that happened to me. I mean, I try to share as much as possible. And sometimes I got to get my stories right and straight. But have you ever really heard me go back to time to tell you the woes of my life? I don't want to tell you that. I want to say the victories of my life. I want to tell you how God took me out of where God's planted me, where God has taken me where he's taking you i don't need the woes been there done that you know what i'm saying exactly why repeat the christian life is a life of acknowledgement of what is already yours in christ that's how i live my life acknowledging my god look what you're doing with my son god what you're doing with my daughter God, what you're doing with the ministry? When you guys call us and tell us, God, what you're doing with the people? Lord, what you're doing with our lives? Father, your word is good. Your kingdom is good. This kingdom is alive in the people. That's where I rejoice. That's what I think about. The kingdom of God is in you. In case you didn't know that. Let's go to Luke 17, 21b. That B part right there? (laughs) Look at it. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Do you know what the kingdom is in you? (laughs) The kingdom of God is not about eating or drinking. It's righteousness. It's peace. It's joy. So what does that mean? If the kingdom of God is in me, then I have righteousness. I have right standing with God. If the kingdom of God is within me, that means that it's righteousness, peace. I have peace. In the midst of the storm, even though that initial shock or that initial blow may hurt, I have peace in the storm, Father. See, but this is the language of the kingdom. When everybody else around you is is crying and, uh, and, uh, and, and just, you know, whatever, I have joy. I have joy in you, Father. You are in me. All these things of God are already in you in Christ because they all abide in the Holy Spirit. Do you know how overlooked the Holy Spirit is? There's people that talk more about the devil than the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's the devil got me to that. De- the devil, ch- he's under your feet. Stop talking about him. Amen. Talk about God. Talk about Jesus. Talk about the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit. Woo, Jesus. He's my best friend. Amen. I tell him all the time. I say, you're my best friend. He's important. He's an important part of this trinity. And Jesus, before being crucified, he talked about the Holy Spirit and his role. He said he wasn't going to leave you by yourself. So, for you to say, I have nobody and you're a Christian, is erroneous. Absolutely. Absolutely. How can you say you're by yourself when he said, I will leave you a comforter? I've sent a helper. He's going to show you the way. How can we say that? How can we agree with that? See, those are the little foxes. Those are the little words. Those are the little agreements that we have. I am so by. You know how many people, I'm so by myself, Pastor. Well, we have connect groups. Oh, I can't go to that one. Well, then you stay by yourself. Yeah. Uh, choice. 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 Oh, I want to do something for the kingdom. Hey, we got opportunities, opportunity to serve. Oh, I can't serve. I'm busy. Then stay, stay by yourself. I, I don't know what. what else can I tell you? I don't know. I can't speak for no other ministry. I'm speaking right here. We have plenty of opportunities. You know, we need ushers. We need security people. We need people to work with the uh, teens, with the children. We need people for the. They're waving like, cafe, cafe, cafe. (laughs) All right, I got you. Pay me later. Pay me later. (laughs) We give you opportunities to take on ministry, to do things. But I'm too busy. Then be busy. I'm busy about the kingdom's business. Holy Spirit, He gives you direction. I remember when Pastor and I, um, we were in Middletown. We were youth pastors back then, and it only made sense to us. This is all I'm talking about the natural, right? That if I'm traveling, I live in New Windsor, and if I have to travel every day, 35 to 40 minutes to get to uh, Middletown, that it made sense to sell my house here in New Windsor and go buy a house in Middletown because I was there. So we were looking into that, and we were all gun ho We were big in the ministry uh, with the teens, and we wanted a house with ample space and so many things. We asked the Lord, and we found this house. We were looking for a while, and we didn't tell nobody really, and we found the house, and it was perfect had everything we wanted except the pool but that was okay i could build the pool right and we wanted everything because i wanted it for the ministry and it had a basketball court and we could bring the teens over and had enough land where we could do bonfires oh my god it was awesome so every time we would go for it nothing happened i'm like god i know i'm a kingdom kid i know your word and it just was not falling into place so at that time we were going on vacation and we decided to say you know what? Let's not, why are we trying to force this door open? How many know you, how many of you know, sometimes you try to force doors open. You try to force them. Then, when it, it doesn't happen, when it all falls apart, and you're, you know, then you want to like cry, oh Lord. And all the whole time, he was trying to warn you, don't do it. That's not the way. Holy Spirit, okay? This Holy Spirit. So we, Pastor and I said, okay. We're going on vacation. Went to visit my friend down North Carolina. We were out there having a great time. We put everything like that. Like, we had to just walk away from it. Like, okay, leave it alone. If it's for us, it's going to happen. So we're driving back, and we're both, you know, those rides we're just quiet in the car. But you're praying. And we were just praying. And I and then just, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. Holy Spirit speaks to him. Same time. And I was like, oh, no, man. So I'm looking out the window now. Tears are going down my face. I'm like, and the Holy Spirit is telling me, that's not it. That's not it. And this is me. But it looks so good, God. True story. Come on. Who's been there, done that? Oh, don't make me stand up here by myself. <laughs> but it looks so good, God. And it's for the ministry, God. And it's for your will. That's not it. Holy Spirit is speaking to Pastor Jose. And he's dealing with him. We get to this gas station. True story. We go out the car. And it's like, tell him. I'm like, I don't want to say nothing. Because maybe I'm just hearing this, but this is not real. Yeah. Maybe I'm just scared. You know, yeah, so I said, he comes out the car. Remember this? Right? And, we just, and we're like, that's not it. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's not it. I know. I know. We start, I start crying. He's like, and he was like, we got to let it go. I'm like, we got to let it go? Why? <laughs> God said. I was like, yeah. But that's what we do. Amen. Holy Spirit's trying to point you. I'm gonna pick on the women a little bit here, <laughs> but he looks so fine. <laughs> He's so good. He comes to church occasionally, <laughs> but she looks so good on the men. She, come, I could, I could convert her. I could give her the word. <laughs> Listen to the Holy Spirit, my young people in this room right now. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. For you're a treasure. You're a gem, Amen. and you deserve another treasure, another gem. That's right. John fourteen seventeen says this: The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. That's John fourteen seventeen. If you go down to verse twenty six. This is what Jesus said, but the helper, some of you here, you're looking for direction and some things you're doing in your life. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send. This is Jesus speaking to them. He will teach you what? Some things, maybe this, maybe that. No, he says all things. And the most important one is, and bring to remembrance all things that I've said to you. He will bring to remembrance his word. When Pastor and I let go of that, that's when God started working in our hearts, started showing us some things. Next thing you know, we knew that the reason why that door didn't open over there was because we needed to be here. Because if I would have went over there, I would have missed over here, and I would have not known any of you lovely people. But God had a plan. Now, my flesh wanted that plan. But God said, no, I have something better. I have the keys to promise for you. Unlock that. So the kingdom of God is good. Some people call it Philemon or Philemon or however you want to call it. It's a small book. It's uh, uh, chapter 6 in Philemon. Put it up. And I am pray. Some people say Philemon, Philemon, whatever it is. He'll know. He'll tell us in heaven. Okay? <laughs> and I'm praying, chapter, uh, verse 6, that you, this is for you. Everybody say, this is for me. This is for me. No, this, is, this seriously is for you. That you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. That you will put it into action. Do you even know what are the good things you have in Christ? Come on, everything. It's time that what we have Um, I'm sorry, it's time we learn what we have and begin using it properly, putting them into action. See, the language of the kingdom, ready for this, has everything to do with what you believe. What do you believe? Do you believe what God's word says? Are you willing to do what the word says? Do you believe? Do you believe? I'm going to keep asking that, and I want you to answer that for yourself. Do you believe? Do you really, truly, honestly believe this word? Do you believe that what it says you have? Do you believe that you have prosperity? Do you believe that you have healing? Do you believe that you have um, abundant relationships? Do you believe that you have joy? Do you believe it, or do you believe what everything else is telling you? Do you believe? Because the kingdom of God is everything has to do, like Pastor talked about, it. it's a heart. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of your heart. And what you're putting in is going to come out. That's why we need to learn the language of the kingdom. You've been speaking this other language for a very long time. This world has taught you its own language. It's taught you the language of lack. It's taught you the language of, 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 of hardship. It's taught you the language of broken relationships. That's what it teaches. But we need to now know the language of God, the language of the kingdom. What does the word say about the situation? What does the word say? I'm, I'm only going to emphasize to you today the word. This is nothing new, but I feel like you need to hear this. The language of the kingdom. One of the languages of the kingdom is faith. When a person learns the language of the kingdom and they believe what they say will manifest. It's not about, it's not about just repetition. It's not about just saying some words, but it's do you believe? Do you stand? Remember to learn a language is being immersed in it. The problem is, is that we have too many other choices. Wow. This bill is due. Well, I got Amex here. Take care of it. Cha-ching. Oh, this I need something. Car broke down. Oh, I got visa. How about Jesus? How about God? How about if God was your only choice? What would you do? Amen. The problem is we have too many choices to take care of a lot of things for us. He has to be your only choice. Amen. And then don't say, well, he made a way for American Express to pay for it. Because he doesn't want us in debt. No, we don't. No, we don't. That's a whole nother teaching I got to teach you. He doesn't want us in debt. You know what he wants us to do? I'll talk about it in a minute. Okay, here we go. It's got to bring you in a little bit. All right, faith. Let's look at Jesus' example when he cursed the fig tree. Let me just give you a little background. Jesus is walking one morning with his disciples, Jesus is hungry. I love it. He's a a normal human being person there in the Bible, right? And he looked at the tree. It had no figs on it. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. That's it. He just spoke to it. And immediately the fig tree withered. The disciples were amazed. Oh, my Lord, what is going on here, right? And then look at Matthew 21. Write that down. Don't be amazed because guess what? This is you. Ready? It says 21 through 22. Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You, that's me and that's you, can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for something sometimes. Right? Amen. Come on. You can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will what? You receive it. You will receive it. Faith in God and his word will cause you to do extraordinary things. You can pray instead of speaking the situation over and over and over and over. Why don't you start speaking God's word over and over and over the situation? Why don't you say this is, I, maybe, maybe at that moment you're not really understanding the word. Maybe you're not really in agreement. The more you hear, the more you speak, the more you're training your ears, the more you're training your heart, the more you're training your speech. And when you speak that word, the power of God, man, it causes things to happen. That's the language. The language, one of the languages of heaven. Faith, do you believe? I'm not saying getting more spiritual. I'm just saying, listen, basics. Faith, do I believe this word? Do I believe it? Moms, do you believe? over Speaking word over your children. And I'm not talking about little children that are just, I'm talking about your grown children. That those grown children that you have, that, that maybe they've they, just gone off on their way. Don't count them out. Don't shout them out. You speak God's word. The work he started in you, he shall complete until the coming of Christ. Bye, I love you. But you're going to be coming to the, you're going to be serving God. We're too quick to speak. We're too quick to, to so why don't we just sometimes just close our mouths, ask the Holy Spirit, what should I be saying over this situation? And then speak that. Yes, Faith. Which takes me right into prayer. Prayer. Have we deduced prayer to this rambling on? Father God, I love you, Father God. You're my Father God. I love you, Jesus. Father, what is that? Rambling. Now, I'm not saying it to be funny, but I'm saying it to, to show you something. Most sometimes people that pray like that, they don't, they don't understand. They don't know the word. What should, what should we be praying? Pray the word. Learn the word. Prayer is not begging God. I never in my whole entire existence in reading the Bible have ever seen Jesus begging God. Never. Never. But this is what he says in John 17. I know you hear me. And if you hear me, I know I have what you say. Because I only do what the Father, what I see the Father do. So he praised the word. He prayed for not only them, he prayed for us. If you don't believe me, go read the Bible. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says this. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe, here it goes, which, that you've received, it will be yours. Pray the word of God. Jesus was the word that became flesh. Mark 6, 7 and 8 says this. You can find it. Mar- Ma- I'm sorry, Matthew. Matthew 6, 7 through 8. Matthew 6, 7 through 8. When you pray... Don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. My God, what a beautiful picture that paints. I don't have to go there begging. I don't have to go there somber. Now listen, sometimes this has been my prayer. Sometimes I've done this. Well, all I can do is stand before the Lord and tears just roll down my eyes. He knows what I'm saying. And there are times where I just go and I say, Father, your word says, well, all the time I say, your word says. I just speak the word. And I know what the situation says, but your word says. See, his word trumps any situation. And I, and I stand there and I, and I rejoice and I say, thank you, because I know the answer is already there. The answer's already there. I may not know it. I may want it in 2.5 seconds. But I know that you have the answer for me. And a couple of extras. Oh, Father, please, if you have mercy on me. And they're not going to get my prayers answered any quicker. Because he's already for me. He's already for me. And because he hears me, I know that when I ask him for anything, according to his word, I'm going to receive it. And when I receive it, it's going to be way better than I could have ever asked or even imagined or thought. This couple of days, uh, uh, we've been doing a lot of things. So, you know, when your body gets a little weary and and, and exhausted because you're running around. I woke up the other morning with the, right, you know, thing and the, the the nasally stuff. And I said, oh, no, I do not receive this package as soon as I got up. I didn't go to the bathroom and be like, <clears throat> I said, I do not. And Pastor Jose is like, wait, wait. wait. So I said, no, it's okay, honey. I'm praying. I do not receive this package right now. Amen. I have a wedding. I have things that are going hard. We do not receive this package. I immediately reminded myself of God's word. Yes, I, mean, I reminded myself that I'm the healed of the Lord. I amen. reminded myself that, listen, I'm a child of the king. Amen. That package does not belong to me. Right. right? So, funny story, we had one of the kids, uh, Thursday night connect group here. And um, one of the little kids came, and the parents were like, oh, yeah, you know, he, he has a little cough and fever and blah, blah, blah. So I looked at him, and I was like, are you sick? He looked at me. He's like, I said, no, you're not. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. So a Christian comes, and he's looking at me, and I'm like, come on, do you believe God's word? And he said, yep. I said, well, we're going to agree that you're not sick. We're going to agree that this fever goes. We're going to agree that you're not coughing anymore and blah, 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 whatever. So we pray, and he's, like, trying to get away from me, but I'm praying with him, and I'm showing him, right? So he goes in the room. And throughout the whole connect group, I didn't hear him cough anymore. So when he comes out and we're talking and I'm talking to him here and I'm like, Christian, you're not coughing anymore. And immediately when I said that, he went, <coughs> started coughing. Think about that. Think about that. When we, oh, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. Man, I am healed. Three. Oh, I'm just calling to find out how's your knee. Oh, yeah, my knee. Yeah, my <sighs> knee so right now come on how's it oh yeah that yeah yeah all of a sudden now you start exhibiting the systems that you just said you were healed the word the word James 1:6. 6 Ooh, sorry. 1 6 through 7 says but when you ask him be sure that your faith is in God alone do not waver For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Now, I want you to receive everything from the Lord. So how do we not waver when we know and understand the word? When we pray according to the word? And then when you pray, it's like, boom, done, simple. I'm, I'm done. I'm not picking that back up no more. I'm trusting you, God, because I've prayed. Now, another thing, another language of the kingdom, which has faith and prayer, is forgiveness. Forgiveness. That's big. This is what the Lord had me write down when I was writing this down. He said, because you have been forgiven, you can forgive. Amen. You can. So many people say, I can't. No, no, you can. Exactly. Can we extend what has been given to us to others? Hmm. Don't allow arguments against people to set up camp in your mind. Because you know what those arguments do? They take you out of the language of forgiveness and into the language of unforgiveness and into the realm of unforgiveness. And this this is what this whole unforgiveness is. Go to Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. This is what it causes in your life. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. Get rid of all bitterness. Have you ever met a bittered, anger person? Yes. Yeah. Rage. Anger. Harsh words. Slander. As well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you, quickly forgive or you remain stuck. It's your choice. It's your choice. I shared a story earlier in first service of um, my, uh, my titi, my aunt, who passed away a couple of years ago. And, you know, she grew up same household with my mom. My mom became a Christian uh, later on in her life. And my aunt was a very angry, angry woman angry, went through a lot of hard times in her life. And because of that had, you know, a lot of um, pointing fingers at a lot of people for, you know, it's just, it was just a very ugly situation with her anger and her. And one of the things that she was um, with my mom, she was very jealous and she was jealous because my mom had children and she wasn't having children. And she was so angry and she would treat my mom harshly. And she was into drugs and all this stuff. She had a very hard life. And all through that, my mom was the example of love to her and forgiveness. And later in life, she wanted to have a baby so bad. And she, she even asked my mom if she could have us, myself and my sister, as her babies. That's how bad. But she let that bitterness and that root take such root in her heart. And the anger that although she wanted us to be like her children, she would treat us very harshly. And then one day, she went to my mom. And I didn't mention this first service but she asked my mom to pray with her. And my mom said, sure. And she said, what pray for? She says, I want a baby. I want a child. And mom prayed and mom, how long after that she gave birth? She, she got pregnant. Maybe like a, not even a year, right? Within that time she got pregnant and God gave her the desire of her heart from that time. I believe from that all the way until now she still didn't serve the Lord. She would go to my mom and it was easier, but my mom was a symbol of just forgiveness. After that, she, um, she gave birth and later on in her life, she, when she right before she passed, she gave her heart to the Lord, Amen. gave her heart to the Lord. Yeah. If my mom would have taken on unforgiveness, my mom would have just pushed her sister aside. Where would she be today? But through that example of forgiveness, she was able to come to the, to the hands of the Lord. Amen. And maybe, maybe she didn't have enjoyed the whole fullness of her life. But I'm going to tell you right now, at the end of it, she got to enjoy the fullness of Christ. Forgiveness. Next thing you have to do is giving. The language of the kingdom is giving. Luke 6.38 says this. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. What are you doing? When people read this and they only think about finances, money, listen, what gifts and talents, what has God given you? And this is what I wrote down. This is for you to answer for yourself. What are you doing with what God gave you? What are you doing with what God gave you? And if the answer is nothing, then what are you saying about what you have? Let me say that again. What are you doing with what God gave you? And if your answer is nothing or not much, then what are you saying about what you have? Because you have the kingdom. And you have all that God has provided. What are you doing with what you have? But Pastor Ned, I don't know the word and I don't know. No, no, no. See, those become excuses. What are you doing? What are you doing? Each one of us in this room, we have a gift. We have talents. We have, I mean, as a matter of fact, let me just say this. You all have purpose. You all have purpose. And your purpose is not just involved in the secular things of this world. Your purpose is in the things of God, where he created you to function within a body together for his glory and his honor. What are you doing with what you have? And what are you saying about what you have? It's time that we start um, speaking the language of giving. We give you opportunities here. We really do. When I say that about we need people here and there, you know what? In my mind, what I see, because I'm so kingdom-minded, a bunch of people running up, getting forms to say, I want to serve here. I want to do this. I want to do that. That's what I see. And that's what I'm going to continue speaking. Because we said this in um, Connect. I need you, and I need you because I need God right? And we need each other because there's a world that needs God. We need each other. What are you doing? And the last language of, and there's many more, but one of the last ones I'm going to touch on today, and it's one of the most important one, it's the language of love. Whoever's playing, can play. Love is the most important one of all. Are you speaking the language of love? Just take a moment right there. I don't want you to leave today and just go, oh, that was a great word, Pastor. I want you to leave so excited. I want you to leave so motivated. I want you to leave so stirred up in your heart, in your spirit. That you go and purposely find people to love on. That you go purposely and find people to, to, to give to. That you purposely go and find people to pray for. And that you go purposely and call someone and forgive them. It's the reason why I do what I do. It's the reason why I serve. Is This is the reason why. Because the day that I met face to face with God's love, it changed me forever. Amen. When I learned how to speak the language of love, it changed me. You know why? I, I mean? I, I, I share this story. I was raised in, in a church in, in, in the city in the Bronx. And we had the English department. We had the Spanish department. And we learned how to serve in the, in the Spanish department. And the old ladies there, the, the, the older ladies, they would take care of us. And I loved it because they would take of their own resources in the, in the church. And, and they would make us, I'll never forget this, pancakes in the morning. And they would tell us, oh, you guys came from a long way. And, and we were across the street. All oh, we had to do was cross the street. It is cold outside? Here, tu cafecito, your coffee. And they would take care of us in the church. And they, and, they, and they would model to us love. And we were new Christians at that. And it's the reason why when you come into these doors that that's the model I want here. That when you walk in here, you feel like you're so at home, that you're so loved, that you're so important. Because Jesus believes that you are, I mean, he says that you are, and we believe it too. Amen. And I will learn how to serve, and I learned how to give. And, and I learned the language of love through my many years as a teenager. And that fire you see in me started... Right there with those old ladies teaching me, loving on me, serving my family. And they served us well. And as we got older and I had children, they would take the kids and they were, I mean, they just taught us so much. then I went to a missionary trip to Mexico. And I learned what I really had here in the United States. And that changed my eyes forever to see that I am not in lack. Let me show you guys real lack. Let me take you to a, a, a third world country. Let me take you. And even with that, they were so full of joy is embarrassing to us as teenagers to even complain about what we had. We came back, my mom probably remembers this, when she picked us up, the parents picked us up at the airport. And we all, I mean, we ran to our parents and we cried and we said, we'll never, we'll never say that we don't have, we'll never, from what we just saw, what we just experienced. And God took me to these different places and different things because he wanted to show me what real love is. And it reminds me of a story in the Bible. And this story I relate to so much because it teaches me that every single one is important. It's the language of love. Just sit right there. Just listen to this story. And see yourself in this story. One day, an expert in religious law, almost like like a lawyer, stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. And the man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him up. And left him half dead beside the road. And by chance a priest came along... But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. And a Levite, which was a temple assistant, walked over, looked at the man. Saw him lying there. But he also passed on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan. You know, Jews and Samaritans at that time did not get along. He came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. He went over to him and soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine. He bandaged him up. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. And the next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. And if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Then look what Luke 10, 36 is all in Luke 10. Then Jesus says this. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Didn't Jesus do this very same thing for you? For some of you, this is, for really honestly, for all of us, this is our story. When you found the Lord, some of you were so beat up. You found yourself in a place of no hope, no one would come to your rescue. They saw you, but they will pass you by. See, but Jesus, he had compassion. (laughs) So he came for you. He cleaned you up. He took you up. He cleaned your bandages. He bandaged you up and cleaned your wounds with olive oil and wine, the very best. And when nobody else would carry you, he carried you. And he took you into his inn. And he took care of you. And if that wasn't enough, he paid the bill in full. He spared no expense. Because he gave his life for you. That's the language of the kingdom. The kingdom's language is a language of life. It's the language of hope. It's the language of freedom. It's a language of joy. It's the language of peace. Most importantly, it's the language of love. 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 That's our story. When no one else cared, he cared. When no one else was willing, he was willing. Now he tells you, go and do the same. Go and do the same. Go and do the same. Go Go speak my language to other people. Go tell them the good news go tell them go don't don't be afraid go go show them you're my you're my masterpiece he says you're the one that i've put on display show them through your life show them show them i've done for you show them how much i love you show them that my language is love that is hope, it's peace, it's joy. That I've come to give you life and life abundant. Yes. That if the doctor gives you a bad report, gives a loved one a bad report, to speak life over them. Yes. To take them, to care for them. Not to just pass them by.